This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to the family with... Alex Brant-Bernard-Rasmussen. Andy Brant-Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. Nick's not coming in, and of course... Turtle Dove is late. Shock of the century. <laughs> we'll be right back. Special guest Anita Anada coming up next with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive introduces the new kids on the block, not the band. It's their three newest dealerships. Experience the Walzer Way at Wyzetta Nissan on 394 or Walzer Polar Chev and Walzer Polar Mazda on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake. I've had all three general managers on the podcast, and I can honestly say that Mike, John, and Brett are some of the finest car people in the seven-county Mosquito Control District. This month, in addition to great deals, they're searching for used cars and will pay Kelly Blue Book Excellent whether you trade or sell outright. Some reconditioning can apply, so please, no flood cars from Apple Valley. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Chevy, Mazda, or Nissan, check out the new kids on the block. Don't tell them Tom sent you. Just show up and be amazed. That stuff never works anyway. Kind of negative. I love this song. I know, it's a great song. I know. Uh, the book, The Patient Assassin, A True Tale of Massacre, Revenge, and India's Quest for Independence. Anita, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. 
Chuck, how are you? I'm wonderful, thank you very much. The dramatic true story of a celebrated young survivor of a 1919 British massacre in India and his ferocious 20-year uh, campaign of revenge that made him a hero to hundreds of millions and spawned a classic legend. That's about as far as I want to read into it, Anita, because I want to hear your take on the entire thing, The Patient Assassin. Sure. Well, as you quite rightly say, the, the start, the seed of all of this is a terrible massacre that happened in India in 1919, so 100 years ago. The British were still in charge, and there was a cry coming from the Indians, which I guess you Americans are all too familiar with, which was no taxation without representation. Indians were asking for a bit more of a voice right. in their affairs. And this was seen as an affront. This was seen as a challenge to British rule, and so they were cracking down and cracking down hard. Um, a brigadier general drove an armed convoy to this walled garden in the north of India in a city called Amritsar. He drove, he would have taken his machine gun mounted cars in if the entrance was wide enough, but there was only one entrance and it was so narrow, three men abreast couldn't come through it. Ooh. He orders 50 riflemen in, he issues no warning, and he tells them to fire on 20,000 unarmed men, women, and children. And they are shot like fish in a barrel. They can't get out, they're unarmed, they are civilians, and their bodies pile up in in pyramids by the walls as they're desperate to try and get out. There's one well in the middle of the garden and people throw their loved ones in to try and get away from this hail of bullets. And in India, there's this, this legend that everybody knows, it's unknown beyond India, of a young orphan, low caste, who has nothing to his name, but he is trapped in that garden. He gets winged by a bullet. And the British compound this atrocity by declaring a curfew that night so nobody can come in and give medical aid to the people who are bleeding out all night and no one can get the bodies out. And this young man has to stay in that garden all night listening to the wailing turning into whimpering, turning into silence around him. And he scoops up a handful of earth as the first rays of sun hit the ground and it's heavy with blood and he smears it across mm. his head and he says, no matter how long it takes, no matter where it takes me, I am going to kill the men who did this with as little mercy as they've shown my people. And he is the patient assassin, Udham Singh, and it is his story about a 20-year transformation, how he turns himself into the perfect assassin who can walk into a hall in London in 1940 and carry out his vengeance. That is, what an amazing story this is. Why is it, because I've never heard this before, is, is this a well-known story? Well, it's, it's one of those peculiar things that it is, it is in the DNA of the north of India. Um, right, I mean, I right. was born in, in Britain. Uh, my name, Anand, means joy, and my, it will give you an indication that, that actually my family comes from the north of India. They come from Punjab, this, this province. So in India, this is known. Uh, Udham Singh, the avenging angel, is like a hero in India. His face has been on stamps. Streets are named after him. But in Britain, he's completely unknown. But then Britain also doesn't like to remember the massacre. You know, it, it sure. has to be poked right. and prodded into remembering. Um, you know, if, if things were left to um, the way they have been in the past, all that the Raj would mean is sort of polo matches with Maharajas and elephant hunts. But this ugly side of things is never mentioned. So um, in writing this book, I had to uncover documents that had been buried for over 100 years. You know, so many files that had top secret written on them, things that needed freedom of information requests to kind of prize them out of, out of the hands of archives. 
And you piece together, um, I don't know whether you guys are familiar with Tom Ripley, you know, um, this, yep. this fictional character who, well, he is the real deal. He's the real Ripley because he has nothing. He knows nothing. He's uneducated. He's low caste, which, I mean, it may not mean much these days and particularly in America, but in, in a country where the native population were deemed to be less than human or less than white human, the lower castes were right at the bottom, and he is at the bottom, hardly educated, no money, an orphan, low caste. How is he going to turn himself into a man who can attack and kill the most powerful people in the Raj? Well, he does it by following this slipstream, my enemy's enemy is my friend. Whoever hates the British as much as he does, he will learn from them. And one of his major universities that teaches him his craft happens to be America. Um, he travels to the United States, where there are lots of dissident Indians who've been forced to flee. They, they gather around California, around Stockton in particular. Mm, okay. And he learns from them. He learns how to travel on forced passports, to get hold of guns, to shoot straight. He goes to Russia. He learns from the communists. He goes to Germany, where Hitler is starting to ascend. He will learn from anyone who will teach him. And in America, actually, he gets, a really, he gets his only chance in life to be happy. Uh, he, he finds a, he, he dreams the American dream for a while. He's there for a few years. You know, he finds a wife. He settles down. He has two children. But he, you know the fable, the princess and the pea. Mm. Always, like a little pea under his mattress, is this, this this vow that he made that he would get revenge, and it stops him. He jettisons his wife and his children, and he just keeps going till he can get to London, till he can get close, until he can do what he needs to do. It is an amazing story because first of all, we sit here, uh, and of course, you you. Talk about Adolf Hitler and Mao Zedong allowing millions and millions of people to die, and in this case, uh, Michael O'Dwyer. I don't. So he he must have considered them less than human. I, I assume. Yeah, he he did. Uh, you know, he loved India, but he loved the the British bits of India. As far as the native population, the the actual brown skinned Indians were concerned, he was he categorized them almost like a botanist categorizes poisonous species and he generalized about them you know and the type of indian he hated most of all was the type that was represented by men like gandhi who were educated who were high caste educated had traveled to britain and had learned how to speak and walk and talk mm -hmm. in the same way as he and his compatriots and he found them to be upstarts he found them to be ungrateful he found them to be reaching beyond their station so what happens in 1919, up till that point, all men like Gandhi are asking for is just give us some voice. They're not asking the British to leave, and they're not asking for control. Mm -hmm. They're just saying, give us some voice in our future. You know, our 1919, that moment in 1919, that massacre, I think is as pivotal as an incident that happened in your country in Boston when people tipped tea over into right. a harbor. Right. Because people just said, no more. You've got to go now. You've just got to get out. That makes total sense to me, by the way. It's like, yeah, okay, you just hang in there, and we're going to do nothing for you, and you're going to take it. Uh, human beings are generally not going to deal with that kind of thing well. Um, you know, the amazing thing is when you look at that whole situation, although it's worked in Asia for many, many years, particularly in Japan, places like that, your station is very important, and there's, at least that I know of, there's not a whole lot of violence based in that. A lot of people do believe in, you know, being above or below your station and all the rest of it. Uh, it's worked in other countries. It doesn't seem to work 
in Europe or the United States or, you know, places like that. I, I just, you know, this whole, we kind of need to go through that right now in America because of our past history with slavery and all the rest of it. Some people have decided, and these are white people, by the way, that are doing this. They decided because of slavery 200 years ago, the 400, 500, 600 years ago, that now white men are evil. It's like these white men had nothing to do with slavery. You can't just point your finger at them because they're the same color and gender as the people who did do it. It doesn't make any sense to us. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot that has been said about um, an apology for this. And, and I have to tell you, I, have a, I always have a personal connection to the story because um, I didn't mention this at the beginning, but my grandfather was in the garden on the day of the massacre. Oh, really? And... Yeah, and by some quirk, you know, of just stupid, dumb luck, he leaves the garden and leaves his two friends behind and says, mm. look, I'm just going to go to the market. I've got to do... He was, he was from out of town. It wasn't political. It was on the biggest festival day of the year. So he, like many hundreds and thousands of others, had poured into the city to give thanks to the Golden Temple, which is the great landmark in Amritsar. Mm. And he uh, leaves his friends, and he says, Look, I'll be back. Just keep my food. Just don't eat all of it. I'll be back in a few minutes. He passes the armed column in the street, goes to the market, and he only knows what's happened when the, he, the sound of screaming reaches him in the market. Oh, God. And he rushes back. He can't get in because of the curfew, and he has to wait till morning until he can find out that both of his friends are dead. Um, and that really affected him. You know, he lived with survivor's guilt. For somebody like Udham Singh, you know, this massacre was pivotal and it turned him into a murderer. It turned him into an assassin. It turned mm -hmm. him into somebody who wanted to, you know, the equalizer. For my grandfather, you know, we call it PTSD now, but they didn't have a name for it then. Uh, he went blind very early in life and he used to rage against anyone who gave him any sympathy. He said, look, do not feel sorry for me. God gave me my life that day. It's only right he take the light from my eyes. So you know, I, I'm kind of I'm I'm in this story. This story is my yeah, story yeah. as well. And and pe people ask me, you know, they say, do you want an apology? And there's been much made of an apology. Um, and it's an odd thing. I'll share a story with you very quickly. But I, somebody gave me the number for the brigadier general who marched his soldiers in and opened fire uh, for his granddaughter and said, look, you know, do you want to talk to her? And I said, actually, no, I really don't. Not until I finish the book, because if I like her, it's going to mm -hmm. change the way I write about yeah, this. And if true. I don't like her, it'll yeah. change the way. Yep. So I waited until I handed in the last draft, and then I rang her up, and I said, look, um, and I, I, I'm a radio uh, presenter here. And I said, look, my, I'm Anita Anand. And she said, oh, I know you from the radio. I said, no, oh, that's not why I'm ringing. I'm ringing because your grandfather tried to kill my grandfather. Do you want a cup of tea? And uh, we met, and we talked for two hours, and she was completely unrepentant about what he had done oh, and, and really? believed that it was yeah it was it was a, the hardest two hours i think of my life and in, in the middle of it and i did like it she's a very charismatic woman and in the middle of it i i you know she said what do you want from me do you want me to apologize and i said well and i didn't know what i wanted until that moment i thought actually no i don't it means nothing my grandfather's dead his friends are dead even longer it doesn't mean anything but what i want i think for my children is for the story to be told mm -hmm. and for her to understand. And I said, look, I really, I think one thing I would like from you, not an apology, but I'd like you to come with me and come and see the garden and come and see what happened for, for yourself. And so, you know, to her credit, she said, I will come. So, you know, that's something, that's another difficult horizon that we will cross at some point in the near future, I hope. That's an amazing story. So you, you think you actually, she actually will show and go with you? Yeah, I think she will. I mean, I think, you know, it was... 
it is challenging. It is a, it's a challenging thing to accept. And, you know, you're, you're talking about collective guilt. You know, there's also collective denial. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was trying to show her and tell her about documents that exist, documents, eyewitnesses from her, you know, her ancestors' side from an inquiry that took place in 1920 and saying, look, you know, these were unarmed. You know, the youngest victim of this massacre, the reason it caused this kind of rage that, you know, then motivates the patient assassin to devote 20 years of his life to, to changing who he is, to everything directed into, into killing somebody, to, mm-hmm. to, you know, even this score. And I was trying to, to tell her, you know, look, the youngest victim was eight months old. The oldest victim was 80 years old. Oh, you know, how can you imagine that they are guilty of anything um and and so i think you know there's denial and there's education so you know to come back in a very circuitous way i didn't need an apology and i didn't hold her responsible but what i do want is for people to know the truth that's what i want see it's a wonderful thing and it's wonderful that you don't need an apology from her um because some people, I, I, I don't know why, but they absolutely need you to apologize and, and basically grovel when this had nothing to do with her, and you realize that. It would be nice to have an apology because she's a descendant, but you're not, you know, trashing her all over the uh, all over the planet. It seems to me you're doing your best to try to understand and try to get along, and all you want is an apology, and I, I think that's only right. It's, it's, an, ex, it's, it's an acceptance of truth. Yep. I think that's what matters. You know, you know, there's that old saying that if you don't learn from history, you're cursed to repeat again and again and again. And I know, you know, I'm not, I'm, I don't by any means represent um, all the people who have been touched by this. I know in India there are a great number of people who feel this hurt deeply still. You know, it is, it is a, it is a wound. It is. It's not so long ago. Look, I mean. You know, we're not talking ancient history. We've just here in Britain, and I'm sure you have mm-hmm. too, um, commemorated the end of World War One. You know, right. centenary. We make a big deal of that. This is, you know, not a long time ago, and yet this also happened a hundred years ago. Yeah. This is also not such a long time ago. So it would be rather marvellous to say, you know what, um, this did happen. And to, to 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 some Indians, I know they would like to have some kind of you know, acknowledgement on a, on a senior level, not from the British people. You know, even with them saying, actually, the man, the, the patient assassin, he is, uh, he's eventually, you know, dragged into court for what he, what he did. And what he did was, by the way, completely audacious. The man turns into, you know, almost a ghost and uses everything he's ever learned for this one moment in 1940 when Britain is in the grip of World War Two. you know, when there should be such a heightened sense of security, he walks into a hall filled with the great and the good of the Raj, including the Secretary of State for India, and this man, Michael O'Dwyer, and comes face to face with him for the first time, Ooh. this man he's been obsessed with for 20 years. Uh, but, you know, I won't tell you what happens. No, no, but it's extraordinary. don't do that. Operatic, <laughs> you know. But, you know, he, 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 does, he does when he's on trial. He does actually say, I have nothing against the British people. I have nothing against the working man. This is not about that, but this is about tyranny. Um, mm. And that's, you know, that's what he, what he said, even then, in the heat of all of that. Anita Anada, it's A-N-A-D-A. The book is called The Patient Assassin. Oh, no, it's Anita Anand, my lovely. It's Anand, A-N-A-N-D. I think you've got a typo. Yeah, the that calendar's would be quite got a the mouthful. Typo. Oh, the calendar has a typo. <laughs> yeah. There's an A at the end of it, so it's Anand. Yeah, no, that's I, I don't deserve the extra vowel. Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> I will take your vowel away. Anita, thank you so okay. much. The Patient Assassin, A True Tale of Massacre, Revenge, and India's Quest for Independence. Anita, thank you very much. Great, great subject.
A pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. We'll be back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. She plays cashmere. Really? Here we go. That was the that was the focal point um, in India between Pakistan and India's independence because you know you had that border there and Pakistan wanted Kashmir, India wanted Kashmir. Right, right. Um, yeah, that caused a lot of issues. It continues too, from what I understand. Yes, it does. I love this. I have to apply for for a global entry. Oh, your mom's here, I think. Well, look who showed up Hello. finally with 10 minutes to go. She's here with 10 minutes to go. She showed up. What hey, showed real. up at least. So whose shoes are those? Alex's. Oh, my God. It's what? Unbelievable. What? Hello. Hi. Well, she doesn't know she was getting shoes. No, I didn't know I was getting shoes. No, they come that fast. You bought me these shoes? I bought you those shoes. Take Where did you see those? <laughs> She was looking at them on her phone the other day, and I was like, ooh, those are cute. And she was like, do you want them? And I was like, hey, I can't pass up a good shoe sale. Oh, my God, there's a really say, good shoe sale. Those keep are cute. Just money away, left they and right. They're so cute. Thanks, Sam. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's a Christmas morning. Yeah, <laughs> Christmas morning. With you know what I'm changing into. Catherine. Oh, oh my God, look at how cute shoes. they are. Oh they are my cute. God. They'll go with everything, too. They will. <laughs> they love beachy yep. skirts, <laughs> shorts, you name mm-hmm. it, you can wear those. Yeah. Those you remind can. me. When those I was shoes a are wearable. Boy. Yeah.
When I was a little boy, I got an envelope from my father, and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. I can open it up, and I opened it up and said, do you have a 20, Tom? He didn't hand you some shoes? No, there were no shoes. You got an IOU for you. A nice slide on. A nice mule. Oh, really? You're all set to go? You're set to go? You're good? Actually, that's not a mule, right? No, this is a mule. This is a slide, yeah. Okay, so, Just so you know. Catherine, I'm right now on the U.S. Customs and Border Co- Border Patrol site. Yes. About global entry. Oh God, are you still going to try to do that with, uh, well, with 45 minutes to go? How no. soon do you get it? I don't know. Well, how soon did you get yours? I thought they. I got it to mine you right years there. ago. No, I had to drive to the Riviera Beach port. I remember. And have an interview. Which I went over there, and that day, the day I went over there, Trump shut down the government. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I literally Good walked up, Trump. and the door was being locked. And I'm like, Aww. no, wait, wait, can you just stay open? Swat Did you try? Please. You should have given him a 20. I should have given him a 20. <laughs> I was literally in the global entry office, or not in the office, but right in front well, of it. I th- shut down the government, and they went, nope, you I can't come in. I think at the Minneapolis... Airport, Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport, International Airport, whatever it's called these days. Um, I think that they've got offices right there. I don't know if you get a number right away or if you have to wait. Because part of the reason why it's global entry is because they do a background check on you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't so know how long it takes. It right oh, sorry, I don't know. Just forget this. I will tell you one thing. I went, oh, okay. I, and I looked up Minnesota, global entry. Uh, I looked, oh, it's right on Highway 61. In Grand Portage, Minnesota, <laughs> that's only about oh, an God, eight Oh, God, that hour. might be quicker <laughs> if you want to drive it, up there. It might be quicker, It might be quicker. There's one in, uh, let me see, International Fault, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 4300 Glumac Drive, Terminal 1, baggage claim Glumac. level by Carousel 2. Glumac? 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 Either way, not the prettiest name. Sorry. Oh, I like the ones. Sorry for all the Glumacs out there. The ones up north are open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., the one in the city's open from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. That's because they got to get out of there before the traffic hits. So I wonder if it make any sense for me to call. I, pro- I probably am not going to get. Well, why don't you, why, maybe you should look at the information on the website. I did look at the information on the website. And it doesn't tell you anything Wait, about hold it? Hold on. I just wanted to make sure, you know, the hours 8 to 4. There's a number to call here, so that would be good. Yeah, why don't you just give them a buzz after the <sighs> podcast and see if you could, if, if that would even help you. Yeah, I don't. Because I'm leaving you behind. I'm going through. I know. Well, the fast I'm not going to need it until we get I'll back here. I'll be sipping here. a latte someplace, waiting for you, <laughs> while you stand <laughs> in line. <laughs> yeah. That was like me when I was traveling with Brittany, and she had changed her name right before mm. Vegas, and so uh, she had her military ID, but it didn't match her uh, new paperwork, and no, so no, no, I no. was with the kids, and I was like, I'm going to go eat a smoothie. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, I waited for her for, for the first time, because I was like, this shouldn't take too long. It took 35 minutes for them to like look through all her stuff, just because see that. of a name change. Well, oh my God. they have to make sure... You're the right person getting in that plane seat. Well, okay. yeah. You guys give me your take on this. I'll read you the rules. Okay. Uh, number one, create a trusted traveler program account. Regardless of your age, you must have your own TTP account. Log in to your TTP account. Uh, complete the application. A $100 non-refundable fee is required. Which, if you have okay. an American Express or certain visas, will pay you back. I like it. American Express I got. 
After accepting your completed application and fee, CBP will review your application. If your application is conditionally approved, then your TTP account will instruct you to schedule an interview at Global Entry Enrollment Center. Each applica uh, applicant must uh, schedule a, a separate interview. You will need to bring your valid passport and one other form of identification, such as a driver's license or ID card, to interview if you are a lawful permanent resident. I think I had to bring resident. a birth certificate. Oh, really? Yeah. You must present your machine-readable permit resident card. So I got no shot. No. What you do is, <sighs> I'm sure that you just fill out the form online, which will take maybe 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Then you call Schedule them and say, I filled it out and I'm waiting... And I, yeah, I need an appointment. But then after that, I'm guessing the, I'm guessing the online one is the one that they used for your background check. And the, yeah. the I think that the in-person thing is just to make sure that you're the right person and you're not trying to scam. Yeah, I could them. see that. So, so is, is this to get back into the country? It's to go through customs. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, and well, certain countries have global entry. At their customs, too. Some don't. Mm -hmm. But, yes, to get back into the country, it definitely speeds things up. Oh, okay. I, uh, okay. A lot. Now, it, it says here, uh, get started. I'm not going to do it on the air here. I'm just looking and said, uh, how long. Why don't you give, give everyone your passport your, number yeah. and your Social Security number, you know, anything, mm. anything. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Here's my bank account cute. number. Let me give this to you. Maybe I should have gotten up here now. I'll just borrow yours. They fit me. I'll okay. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to take me a while to do this. So yeah. Maybe I'll do it when I get back home. Another and, time. Another time. I tried to do it, and Trump shut down the government, damn it. And before that, I told you years ago. Think about, uh, remember how bad it was getting in from Punta Cana? Ah, yes, I certainly do. I was in line for an hour and a half. Absolutely. Wouldn't that global entry have been handy then? Yeah, and be it's handy weird because, like, when I go to NASA, when I get back on the ship, we have to go through a customs to show our passport. It's just showing her a passport and walk right on the ship. That's it. Really? Yeah. I hate everything. Oh. That's all we have to do: show our passport and our ship, our ship card, and go right back on the ship. So, so why wasn't global entry a problem when we got back from Cuba? Because the Miami port is a hellhole. It is <laughs> a hellhole. That's for absolute. Yeah, Miami hell. is awful. Yes. Is awful it airport. is horrible. No, I mean, the ship ports are really but it wasn't a problem. awful. Yeah, it, it's weird they how it. Awful. Oh, we stood in line for days to get off that ship. It was about a half an hour it was, total. Well, that's a long time. <laughs> oh, well, God, no, like, when, okay. yeah, like when we. <laughs> when we uh, you know, go to port in Nassau, and then when we, we, we go on Nassau Island or wherever, you know, whatever excursions we do or whatever, when we get back on, all we have to just show is there's, like, a customs outside the ship that we just show our passport and our ship ID. Then once we get back on the ship, we just show them our ship card and passport again. And then if you have any bags, they just go through a little x-ray machine, and you're back on the ship. See? That's yeah. It. Yeah, the yeah the shore excursions are nothing to get in and out of. Yeah, but, but yeah. you would think because I mean you could get anything on the island and bring it back on the ship. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's like a quick kind of weird. You know, it's like going through security checkpoint at a courthouse. So I think I don't think that they're so worried that you're going to buy a little bag of ghee for something. I mm -hmm. think they're more worried that you're going to bring a 
explosive device yeah. back yeah. on the ship yeah, and do something much. crazy. Yeah. That's what they're well, checking the, for. The people of NASA, they are wonderful people, so I don't think they have anything like that. They're so Good. grateful for tourism. NASA now? That used to be a hellhole. It, it's still very poor. It is very poor, but... The, like all the excursion people that we have, they just love they love having I don't tourists know there. Why islanders think that I'm Rocky Balboa, but everywhere I go <laughs> in Cuba they were calling me Rocky. Remember that? Rocky, you're strong Rocky. Uh, yeah, because Rocky doesn't even have blue eyes. No. No, and he's about half my size. That's the other thing about it. But I suppose on screen he doesn't look that way. No, I don't know. But um the one time that uh, we were in the Bahamas, were the kids even with us? Yes, that was that horrible Disney cruise that we were oh, on. Oh, God. God. The big red boat. Vomiting it was vomiting everywhere. Disney did their own cruise lines. And no, they it was a little red boat. Oh, big, yeah, we, no, were on, we, were oh. On the, we were on the... Bad, the yucky red boat. We ran into bad. some real bad weather. We had bad weather. Well, the food the, was bad. Remember was the perfect terrible. storm mm-hmm. up in Boston? Well, the tornado that came up the East Coast passed right over our ship. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they didn't even warn everybody. Take your Dramamine now. Yeah, it was. I mean, every single day. There's shuffleboard on deck three. There's Mickey Mouse is going to be on deck two. They couldn't go. We're coming up against some yeah. bad weather. Everybody, <laughs> take your Dramamine. Thank Seek you. Seek shelter. Yeah. It, yeah, was it was ridiculous. Well, I mean, yeah. the kids had fun, and the whole experience would have been great, except for, I don't know. And then we had we got into some big fight with some travel agent when we got back. Cause oh, they, God, She yes. published my comment card. Oh, really? And she published She it. published my comment card. And I didn't rip them to shreds on the comment card. I was like, because, I mean, the storm, they couldn't help. Yeah. No. They could have warned us. No. Uh, but I, yeah, but I did have something at breakfast that made me barf later. So I was like, the food could have been better refrigerated. You know it just all, was not a good boat. You know what they also did? Hmm. They would, every time they would serve you anything, they'd show a picture of children and go, I just hope to make enough money to someday get back to see my no. children. Remember that? Yeah. Really? They're all trying to work you for money constantly. I've yeah. heard a lot of that with cruise ships. Oh, the, yeah. The um, people. I never came across that on Norwegian. We didn't when, on Viking either. No. Um, when nope. the two that I've been on, uh, actually the staff at Norwegian uh, Cruise Lines have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're very accommodating to people, especially like um, me having a gluten-free allergy, you know, gluten-free oh, food and yeah. allergy. They want to know ahead of time. Sure. I could go up to the buffet and say, can you make me a gluten-free pizza? Sure, no problem. And they'll just make yep. me a little That's personal great. gluten-free pizza. That's great. Yeah, they're very. I've Tom never... was the voice of Norwegian. Holland, America. Oh, Holland, shoot. America. Holland. I always think it's Norwegian. So yeah. I mean, yep. Holland, America. Honey. Holland for years. For years, I was the voice of Holland, America. Yes, yeah, so I, I guess you know if you're going to go on a cruise, do your research. You know, mm-hmm. maybe not so much look at the comments because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if people bash certain because they're loyal to one or the other. Because I'm people, sure they do. Yeah, because I know some people, I only take Carnival or I only take Norwegian. Well, there's also like lots of loyalty programs why you would want to stay with one cruise line because they do yeah. give you they give yeah. you big discounts. They might upgrade your room. There's all kinds of reasons to stay with a certain cruise line. Mm-hmm. But there's just certain cruise lines that are like, you know, do you want the jumbo ship with the 
20 pools with the gigantic slides and the, you know, trapeze classes? Is that what you want? <laughs> do you want it Always. to be quiet? Some, sometimes Always. people are just there to booze and eat. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it just depends on what kind of cruise you want. I've never been on a river cruise other than the one we went down the Mississippi. So, yes, you have been on No, I'm just saying, but but I'm assuming the Viking. <laughs> and you're about to go on another. <laughs> does it have a swimming pool on no, it or anything? No, I, I, I don't so. think so. How That's about they have what a workout all... area? Yeah, they all good. have a workout area. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it because well, well, Kath and I are just... celebrating our, our anniversary. So. A pool usually. You need a big yeah, yeah. and really usually, usually the ships don't have like gigantic pools either. Because just think no. about it, yeah. unless you're on like a carnival cruise yeah. where it's like the boat is where the there's size thousands of and thousands of water slides, yeah, and everything. Like just gigantic. But I was on a very large princess <clears throat> cruise when I did the Baltic Sea thing with some friends of mine, and um, they it really didn't feel like you were with thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of people. They did a really nice job just getting you on and off the ship and stuff. It was uh-huh. nice. Oh, that, our trip to, They did a good job. Which you can't do anymore to Cuba because Trump shut that down now. What's his problem? I don't know. God, All of these politicians many. are so annoying. Every one of them's annoying as hell. Anyway, Certainly when are. you went on your Cuban cruise. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, you know, when our Cuban cruise, it couldn't have gone better. It was wonderful. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, and we had we had a weather problem. We couldn't go to one of the ports. Yeah, which, we couldn't go to which uh, sucks. So you have Santiago. to you have to be like you have to roll with it when you're yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah. But that didn't bother. We spent more time in Havana, so that was not a problem. Yeah. So and, that was cool. Because like on the last cruise, the Walker Soccer cruise, the last night when they were supposed to do the zombie crawl oh, yeah. throughout the whole ship and do a, a costume contest. It was so humid and damp out. Oh, the God. whole ship, the like the the deck outside was wet. People were slipping and sliding. Oh, oh God. So they had to move no. everything into the theater, which was it was packed. It yeah, was everybody on the big, ship. Yeah, but we made it. We had fun. Mm-hmm. We made it accommodating. Yeah. You got to just do what you're gonna. You know, exactly. What you can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's true. just kind of how you have to handle travel. Yes. Because if you're going to throw a fit about every tiny little thing, you're not going to have any fun. It's true. We'll be right back with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Hi, it's Tom. After achieving my goal of losing 92.5 pounds in less than five months, thanks to the Sheehy brothers and the amazing staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I'd like to encourage you to let Nutramost help you shed those unwanted pounds, too. Besides eating fresh foods, another one of the reasons that the Nutramost weight loss plan works so well is the one-on-one coaching that you receive. We all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So 
How long have you been trying to lose weight on your own without the help of a coach? When you have someone keeping you accountable, it makes achieving your goal so much easier. Make a commitment to your health and let Nutramel's help you with your weight loss journey. I encourage you to schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutramel's free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, June 24th at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutramel's guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Call now, 763-333-7337. Love boats. The Love Boat. On Netflix, there's some sort of a cruise ship show. Has anybody heard anything about there that? Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Somebody murdered somebody. It's sort of like a... It looks like it's... It says it's a Netflix original, but it looks like it was... It looks like it's dubbed in. Dubbed in? Almost, yeah. Oh, let me look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah. Remember the Olo series? It was the Love Boat. It is called High Seas. High Seas. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, I watched. Seas? I watched like just ten minutes of it because I was like, just looking at my emails, and I'm like, it looks dubbed. That's because it is. It is dubbed. Okay. Okay. It, oh, it's a Spanish. It's yeah. originally a Spanish show. But it said Netflix original. They have it to... is Netflix original, but it's also Spanish. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's a mysterious death on a luxurious ship traveling from Spain to Rio, Rio de Janeiro. Yes, and they're clearly the fleeing something. I don't know, but they didn't say what. Yeah, it says it's yep. in the 1940s, uncovers secrets surrounding two sisters who are traveling together. Okay. All right, so basically just because uh, I know as a listener you're very concerned about my well-being, so I'll have you know that when we get back. Who are going, these mysterious people? People that are listening to the show. That are concerned about your well-being? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. But uh, when we get back, and I don't have global entry and my wife does, she's going to go home, and then when I'm done going through the line, I guess then I'll come home. I'll have had a nap in already. (laughs) You'll have had a nap in. Yeah, don't worry about me. I'll be fine. The good thing is we're coming in at 2 o'clock on a Tuesday, Tuesday, so shouldn't be too crazy at the airport. I That'll be think. good. Oh, I should tell you, by the way, that Monday and Tuesday, Darkness Dave is going to host the show. Uh, the 8th and 9th, I believe, yes. Yeah, the 8th and 9th. Oh, That'll nice. be wonderful. Oh, yeah. okay. So him and I will, you know, banter back and forth. Bantering. <laughs> yeah. And Andy can go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Who knows what Dave's I'll do. Dave's goal is to get Andy to laugh. That's he laughs. I know. You laugh. He laughs. You laugh. Just, it's not. I have a high bar. And then my goal, <laughs> my goal is bar. to get Andy to sing on bumper music. So we have Andy. You never know, though. So I sing randomly like sometimes. Walk, walk, that was the best moment I. He just starts singing. I know. It's David weird how you, we're like, oh my you God. know all the words to such random songs. <laughs> like the, it's great. The Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme song. Mm. Yes. yes. You know Which I didn't too. even know you watched. I never did. Oh, you didn't? No. How do you know it? Is it a commercial or something? No. Oh. I just know it. Oh. It's a pretty famous theme song. Yes. Oh. So, yeah, we uh, we take the week of 4th of July off every year because everybody's on vacation that week. Yeah. It and is, the uh, ratings won't suffer at KQ if you go away. No, I mean, it's it's yeah. the that and Christmas week between Christmas and New Year's are the two lowest rated uh, periods of the year. People yeah. are actually busy two weeks out of every year. Yeah. Two weeks out of every year, they're busy. <laughs> as when well. every American <laughs> takes their <laughs> exactly. paid vacation, exactly. Right. Every American's gone. So, That's but true. yeah, the other reason the other reason we do it, it's not only the Fourth of July. It's also July seventh. Like eyeglass. Is our, you need more 
And more reading glasses. You need more spectacles these over there. My, these are my distance glasses. <laughs> oh. These are my medium distance <laughs> glasses. These are my close distance Joe from Louisville. Glasses. Well, at least you get that week off. Oh. Apparently, Joe from Louisville's not getting the week off. Wow. Not everybody. Well, I thought Sorry the fourth and you. fifth were both national holidays this year. Uh, That's what I had yeah, heard. I Dan so. gets the fourth off every year. How about the fifth? And the fifth, yeah. Yeah, that's what they're gonna, they did most places now. So, well, actually, I think for their work, it depends on when it lies. Yeah. it's either the day before or the day after. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Like if it's on a mon- uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, that would pretty yeah, much they'd, suck to, they'd get the third off. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. So it kind of works out because our anniversary is on the seventh and the fourth of July. Uh, everybody's out of town anyway, so that works out really, really well. It does. It does. But uh, the seventh being a mm. Sunday night, we're going to be a couple of days after that because. We want to be where we're going on our anniversary. Yeah, you don't want to be July? on an airplane during your anniversary? No. July no, 5th is not a federal holiday. It isn't. No. Oh. It's not a federal. But no, I think but a, a lot of people get lot, it off. Lot, like lot of tar- like yeah. Target, I have one of my oh, that's good weird. friends works for Target, and she's like, it's technically not like a paid holiday, but she's like, nobody's here. However, <laughs> next year, uh, since July 4th is on a Saturday... July 3rd is a national holiday. There you go. Yeah, uh, like they we're always... We're get a three-day weekend. Yeah, they okay. always will get mm-hmm. a day. I hate it yeah. when it skips a day like that. I like it when it goes Thursday, next year it's Friday, mm-hmm. next year it's Saturday. No, because of the way the calendar is no, It goes Thursday, up. Friday, yeah. Friday, Friday, Monday. Because if it's on a weekend, it's the previous Friday. Right. Yeah, Officer yeah. Dave doesn't get it off either. Because he has a public service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, right. Serving the community. Well, yeah, I'm sure like firefighters don't get off either. Public <laughs> yeah. service and retail. They've got to go rescue all oh. those people that do stupid yep. things with fireworks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what? You're not supposed to put a bottle rocket in your eye? I, know, I didn't know. I didn't know. That I thought is, that was for sure a good launch pad. That yeah. is the one thing I'm going to miss, though, because several years we were in Canada for the 4th of July, and now we're going to be in another place over the 4th of July. It won't be any fireworks at all. Well, fireworks. With young kids, you can't go see fireworks. Oh, it's too loud. Because they don't, no, and they don't start until like 9.30 p.m. We always dragged you out. We did. No, I'm saying with like little, little kids, they don't start. We dragged you out. They didn't start until 9.30 p.m. I remember going to fireworks when I was very, very young. Pack a little bunch of of snacks. No. Juice boxes. My kids would be... 4,000 things. My kids would be pissed off. off. They'd be like, why am I awake right now? My yeah. children you guys were always well excited with. to be able to yeah. stay out. And my boys, I never had a problem would, At three up. years old? What? Yeah, I would, even when they were babies, I would just walk around with the stroller. Yeah. They'd fall asleep, and as soon as the fireworks go off, they'd wake up in amazement yeah. and then go back to sleep. Well, yeah, they're like, they're like dogs. They can <laughs> wake up and fall asleep at yeah. the drop of a hat. Not her kids. What? Well, Whose kids not are you? her kids. Not my children. Are you sure Definitely they're not, not doing illegal substances with the... When you're not home, <laughs> not <laughs> my children. They are way too no. It's like they have to be in their room with their routine and yeah. There's a lot of babies that are like that. Yeah, that and I like dragged that. them both like everywhere when they were infants. Everywhere, I was like, I will have children that are good sleepers, mm-hmm. and like Fawn is a good sleeper, but she has to be but in her home. room. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, six yeah. o'clock in the morning. Uh-oh. Nana, where are Nana. you? Nana. <laughs> Joe from Louisville says I'm they're awake. launching uh, the 2020s at the end of the summer, so he doesn't get it off. The what? 2020? Oh, oh the, the cart. Come on, oh, here, yeah. Yeah. Come on oh, here. Oh, wow. Um, it's 
amazing. I've almost thought yeah. that it was 2020. I mean, I'm pretty much over 2019 and thinking it's 2020 already. Well, it's not even half <laughs> over yet, why. honey. Not until I know, uh, Sunday. 2019, I don't know what its problem Oh, my God, is. the year's it's half over like on it. Sunday? Yep. What the well, F? Well, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday was six months till Christmas. Oh, wait till your kids what? get in school. Oh, it is even it's worse. It's like, I'm then. sorry. It's a Fun year now, starting two months preschool long. in the fall. I know, it's I know. It goes so fast. It goes by very, very quickly. Weird. You know, talking about the kids sleeping through the night, and your kids don't sleep. If they wake up, they're grabby as hell, and some kids can fall right back to sleep. Yeah. My nephew, Michael O'Brien, did not sleep through the night until he was four years old. Mm. Sage is on that path. <laughs> I'd give that kid away. <laughs> Just here, you can have you him. You take him. Sage is on the path. Isn't he cute? Yeah. Isn't he so can famous? I have him well, back Michael when he's sleeping? Michael is a very cute kid. That's true. Ugh, very, very That's nice. rough yeah. on the parents, man. Yeah, Joe says, wasn't it just Christmas? Yeah, it was. It seemed yeah. like Christmas a couple of months we ago. We were talking to somebody last uh, yesterday, an author, with the book Hangry. Hangry, yeah, she was oh. terrific. But unfortunately, the diet part of it, not diet like lose weight, but you know yeah. how, to, how to support your system while you're going through all this stress of having young kids was mm-hmm. paleo. So, no, I can't do that. I know, I was all excited okay. for you to read it. But Another problem we'll nope. talk about with dietary measures Catherine goes out and buys me these fiber bars. Mm. You I, asked for them. I basically reside you on the begged. toilet now. Thank you so much for that. Well, I don't think you're supposed to have 12 fiber bars a day. I had one yesterday, and it was just as bad as if I had had four. Yeah, but you loaded up on the fiber bars. I did. Well, the three days before. Yeah. Well, well you that should bring those, in your system. You should bring those during your trip. Oh, yeah, traveling. Definitely. Uh, you can't carry food through, can you? Sure, you can. Prepackaged food. Yeah. And especially down, yeah, if you put them in your checked luggage, for I sure. I mean, yeah, not like fish. Oh, I suppose that's true. Dried <laughs> meats and fish. I already yeah. have to give them the head fake on the medical cannabis. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Does Europe care about that? Uh, no, it's, it's not It's not Europe. It's, yeah, it, it, being on the airplane. Yeah, mm. you can't fly through USA. Well, we know a lot of people cannabis. are just smuggling a lot of stuff. Oh, my God. There's no Most doubt Most people about are that. smuggling yeah. like crazy. Let me put it this way. Getting cannabis in Cuba was not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, well, How many kilos did you bring? <laughs> yeah, how many kilos did you bring? I'd like to know. what's. Uh, no, that was a hell of a trip, and I'm glad we got to do it. Now they shut it down again, and... Now we got Iran saying they're, uh, whatever. Uh, Moving forward from you. there, you know what I'm it's saying. it's useless. It pretty much is. But, yeah, our, our anniversary is uh, a week from Sunday. Yes, and our what friends amazing. are getting married on that day. It's and my they, brother's anniversary as well. Jeff and got they said it wouldn't last. Really? They said it. Ooh, Did I just got a little bit of advice from uh, one of our listeners. Cannabis is not a problem if you're going to be in Amsterdam. No, no. <laughs> I suppose that's true. true. That's true. You could just pick some up there. We, yeah. we won't be there long. Oh, we have two hours. You might be able to actually get into downtown Amsterdam because they've got a train <laughs> right outside the of the airport. They might set it up, sell it at the airport. Mm, I don't. I don't know. know about that. You'd have to check. Maybe. it. They might have like a what do they call them? Head shops. Yeah, I don't know. What's the it head shop. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's the stuff you can you can look up on the internet to find that stuff. And out. now Joe, bong hits, yes. all capitalized. <laughs> so <laughs> there you have well, it. Well, their their shops in Amsterdam they look like coffee shops, candy stores. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess they shut down quite a bit of that stuff because it was just the whole city was just getting oh, really? overrun with just 
kind of junkies, well, yeah. mm-hmm. and that, yeah. that, that was attracting them apparently. So they've they've cut back on quite a bit of it. It used to just be like it was getting ridiculous. Yeah. So. You should do that in California. Cut back on everything. <laughs> no, not until it turns into an untenable situation. Mm-hmm. So. It is now against the law in San Francisco for anyone under 18 to buy an electronic cigarette. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. that's about right, isn't it? What? You can't, you can't vape and poop in the street at the same time? Yeah, well, that's what, what I was kind of wondering. What hey, listen, kind of world do we live in? When that's I'm throwing dumb. my garbage in the street and then pooping on the sidewalk, why can't I take a couple of bong hits? Come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Wendy Rodewald says, happy anniversary to you, too. My husband and... I celebrate ours on Friday. Happy anniversary, Wendy. This Friday? Mm-hmm. The 28th. Well, she didn't say, yeah, this th- yeah, this Friday. I'm assuming it's this Friday, so no, it all works out She said this Friday. See? Congratulations. 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 <laughs> a little sloshed. You know the only thing I don't <laughs> like about Amsterdam? Uh, the, the Dutch women are all very beautiful and about three inches taller than I am. Remember how tall those women are? Oh, yeah, were? Dutch people are okay, super tall. Okay, first of all, you've only been on a KLM airline, so you haven't I was actually... in the airport. Yeah, but you haven't been in Amsterdam. No, I haven't been so in they're, Amsterdam, they're but they choosing, were all Dutch They're choosing women. their tallest and blondest oh, and prettiest maybe, yeah. to be yeah. airline yeah, mm. attendants. So. But honestly, God, those women were like 6'4". <laughs> yeah. like, but I have to say tall. that actually in Amsterdam, people are, they dress very well. They, yeah, they almost do. all speak yeah, beautiful English, and they yes, they're nice people. It's an easy place to travel around. Catherine and I decided when I retire from KQRS, we're going to do a travel podcast. Maybe. I thought you wanted to do it. That's if you decide you like traveling. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, this has been been a new new development to you wanting to travel. That that will show you how much I adore your mother. I travel. <laughs> if I didn't want to be with you all the time, well, the I would podcast never I'd be interested in is like a month in Italy. Yeah, yeah a I month want to do France. that. Well, you guys get based here. Switzerland. You guys sit right here, and then mom and I'll go to Italy for a month. <laughs> that would be good. I want to go to be, Italy. That'd be kind of tough month. to fund, wouldn't it? That'd be a little expensive, I would mm, imagine. You can vlog yeah, it, vlog your trips. I'll do it. Vlogging your trips. Because, I mean, seriously, that would be the best way to do it. It's like stay in, you know, Airbnb and really get immersed in the culture and get to talk to the locals. That would be a more interesting podcast than, you know, Rome on a dollar a day. Yeah, stupid. Like, you can eat a hot dog and walk around. Yeah. Here's a caramel. Yeah. Yeah, You know, I I mean, all that stuff is nice if you, you know, can only go to Rome for a day. That's kind of, you know, that's important. But I wouldn't want to go to Rome anyway. Oh, yes, you do. No interest in No one thinks that they want to go to Rome. Rome is fabulous. Go to Rome. All right, my dear, I'll do it. I just warn you up up front, though, I'm not going to stay in Italy or France for a month without drinking wine. (laughs) So forget it. (laughs) I'll go with you. Oh, I'm just all of a sudden out completely. (laughs) They don't want you there. Don't worry about my feelings. I'm gonna go. They don't want you there if you're drinking. No. (laughs) Pass. Who's this son of a bitch? Pass. Uh, That's gonna do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.